Welcome back to another episode of the Racing Records podcast. I'm Ryan Sharkey and as usual I'm joined by Dean Haggerty and Martin Julian. We've also got top upcoming trainer Leanne Breen joining us here today. It's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, yeah. And um, Leanne, how did you get into racing? What was your influence? Um, I was previously working for a few Group 1 trainers. Um, it had always been an ambition uh, most recently it was Mark Johnson and when I came back from Mark Johnson's I had the opportunity to set up a yard and take out the license so that's how it all started and then obviously you recently got your first win with Latchet and that was just phenomenal a good race and a good win yeah it was good um, you know we had a few runners before um, but Latchet was bought and she actually she was bought from Jim Boulders and it was always a question mark. She wasn't bought for very, you know, expensive. So it was wondering would there be much left in her in regards to winning? Um, and it was a good relief when she did win. Now she's capable. I'd say she's capable of winning again now this year, and then she'll probably go breeding after that. And um, you're a dual purpose trainer, is that right? Yeah, dual purpose. Most of our owners, well, all of our owners have been on the flat, but. We have a few jump horses in. We're just yet to run them. We actually, um, we had, we had a few summer horses ready to go before the whole lockdown. So it kind of threw us off. But yeah, dual dual purpose. And um, you've recently got a lot of sport from the likes of uh, Galaxy Horse Race, and they've thrown a few horses your way. Yeah, they've two that's horses. That's been a big help. Yeah, they're great. They're great supporters of the yard. Um, they have two horses, Lottie Loveheart and Parker's Hill. Uh, two horses that will be able to give them a lot of good days out and a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, they're great supporters of the yard and lucky to have them. What's the facilities like up in Warren Point though? Yeah, it's great. Uh, we have we train off a of Wexford Sand Circular Gallop. And what we've noticed with it is a lot of the horses, they're coming from big training centres and it's getting them to put on a bit of condition, muscles that they didn't even know they had. And just, it's different for them, but it's starting to work. So it's um, working well. We have a lot of turnout paddocks. That's good for any horses with uh, any respiratory issues. They always spend a lot of time out in the fields. And we have a use of a hill gallop as well and we use it for fast work. So it's... Um, Oh, it's good, and it's the horse's first few months of training. You're trying to get into routine and what works for your horses and in your yard. But it's all came together well now. And she is our nice and close beside the beach there as well. I'm sure you use that as well, do you? Yeah, we do. It's a mile long beach, and the first time we take the horses to it, I'm coming from these big yards. It's a real shell shock for them, even you know seeing the waves coming past their feet. But they love it, and it freshens them up. You know, you'll notice the next day when you pull the lorry around, there's you know they're prancing at the door ready to get on. So it's um it's nice for them, you know, especially because they're not, you know you're not buying two year olds in your first season. You're buying older horses, handicappers, and they need a change of scenery. They need a freshen up, and it just keeps them sweet. And um, obviously, how are you coping with this COVID nineteen pandemic going on? Like you're a smaller yard than some of the bigger ones out there so how's it affecting you personally yeah it's um i've been very very lucky um all of my owners whenever it happened obviously there was 
you know, I was worried about people pulling horses out or, you know, because we didn't have a date. We had no idea what was happening. But all of my owners, like fair play to them, they all, they all uh, stuck by me and we just got through it together. And the horses, we, we gave... We gave a handful of horses, you know, a real quiet week at the start. The jump horses, we give them, they've had four weeks off. And it's just been, um, it's just been pulling together. Uh, obviously, the owners haven't been up in the yard, but we've been able to uh, send plenty of videos, pictures via WhatsApp, and we're all happy enough the way the horses are going. And now that we've got a date, we can actually start getting the fast work back into them, start getting the weight off some of them, and start making plans for some of the horses have you made any plans thus far like well we don't we don't have the fixture list um, the actual races for the handicappers but we have the premier handicaps and the group and black type races um so there wouldn't be too much to make plans for obviously we have a nice horse there and if he improved maybe 10 pounds we could look at him for a premier handicap He's just been gelded, so there is that. He, there's a lot of room for improvement. He's put on about 15 kg, and he's been working uh, really, really well. So that's that. That's probably the only horse that I would be looking at. Like I say, it's first first season, full season training. So a premier handicap, if we can get a runner in it, would be happy. Yeah, it's a real setback this pandemic for you for the first season, obviously. Yeah, that's it. Like I got my license out in. July last year so I was already halfway through the season anyway I said I'd give you know a few horses a few runs on the turf nothing serious I said wait till the all weather season and I'll I'll, uh, give it a good run and we did have a real good all weather season but this season I was you know I had a few soft ground horses and they were they were going to be entered for the Leopardstown of the Wednesday before it got called off so that was a bit of a bit of a curveball you have to back off them mm-hmm. try and wind them down a bit but that's just look everyone's in the same boat yeah they really are it's a real unfortunate thing to happen to someone like you just can't go yeah well that's it we look at i had one of the owners and he said look it's probably the one of the hardest things you'll ever have to deal with so you've got it over and done with now so that, hopefully yeah. that is it done with now hopefully we can just like I, we had a few meetings behind closed doors before it all went and went into lockdown, and it was look, it was incredibly managed. You wouldn't get within, never mind two meters. You wouldn't get within four meters or someone. You know that we were all really respectful. We wanted to race and to keep going, so I'd imagine there'll be no issues with the restarting. Yeah, it's just a bit of a disaster that stopped. Obviously, for precaution and just keep cases down, which in fairness has worked, but um. It'll just be really good to get back, get back on track and get going again. That's it. And some, like some of the older horses, they take, they could take a few runs just to get to their optimum fitness again. But look, there's there's bigger problems in the world. We'll get round it one way or another. You know. Yeah, exactly. And um, you have Lenovia in training. How's? Um, she's okay. She was a horse bought off Halford. She has. She's been far from straightforward. Um, she had a respiratory problem that's been resolved, um, but it took a long time to resolve. Like she'll, she if she if it comes right the way it should, you know she'll win again. 
but it's just one of these things you buy horses out of horse and training sales and you don't know them and you just kind of to tell you the truth you'd be waiting for an issue with them <laughs> and hers came up and you just fix it and you you kick on with them get their confidence back up obviously any respiratory issue is um, a cutting out in um, mid-race so it takes a lot especially for a filly to get her confidence back up and I'd say the lockdown hasn't took any harm in her because she's had an extra few pieces to really get you know get her drive back on and yeah I think look I think if it's fixed she'll win so and text boxes is another one that's that was on course to sort of win there just before this happened running very good races and was really well supported yeah text boxes he is he's look he's an eight-year-old sprinter um we claimed him out late town and like you said, he probably should have won two by now. But you know what Dundalk's like? It's it's competitive. You know, you could run a race ten times at Dundalk and there'll be a different winner each time. He, What we found was um, he was winning over six and seven in, in England. In Ireland, we tend to hold her horses up a bit more. So he was very keen. You know, he wasn't, he, was, he doesn't want to sit out the front. He wants to sit second or third and... Um, in Ireland, they weren't going a good enough uh, pace for him, and he was getting too keen and not seeing the race out. So we dropped him back to five, and he ran a blinder. Now he missed a, he missed the, um, he missed the jump. But I'd say next time over five, maybe at a stiffer track, he'd, um, he'd be very competitive. And what would you say? I know you own like uh, some of the horses there that you train yourself. What would you say for new owners coming in? Like, how would you attract them into the yard? Um, what I did for a lot of the horses was I actually um, a trainer told me the best way to do it was to buy a horse, bring it home, get it to run, and then sell it. And I've done that with a few of them, and they've been bought. You know, there's no better stage than uh, you know on the TV or at the racetrack with the horse. You speak to an owner and say, you know, that horse, or we have another two for sale at home, and that there's been working pretty well for me. So I think I'll. I'll keep doing that. Obviously, I have owners um, who are waiting for the sales to kick kick off, but then we'll get a, get another few in. But for now, there's a good team. You know, they're mainly handicappers, but, you know, if you got them all to win a race this year, you'd be, you'd be more than happy. Yeah. And um, how many stables do you have there? Like, how many horses could you hold? Uh, there's 16 in the main yard, and there's four up the top yard, so there's 20 altogether. And how many of them are currently occupied? Uh, we've 10 in the main yard and three up the top yard, so there's 13 in all together. Well, you picked pick most of my uh, my questions there, Ryan, so that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to say, Leanne, actually, um, one, I've, I, I live in uh, England rather than Ireland, like the, the two boys there, mm-hmm. uh, but I did uh, come over to Dundalk um, and watch Latchet win. Um, <laughs> I won visit to Dundalk, so uh, thanks very much for, uh, for that, Radha. Uh, a few pounds on it, or a few euros, I should say, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, how how does how does the future look for you? How um, have you got have you got plan like any targets that you want to hit over the over the remaining part of the year, or is everything still just up in the air? No, of course we we still have um, like we're all in the same boat. Yes, we've lost half the season, but if they get your eye, they plan to extend the season out. I'll just um, my plans are to get. You know, if I could get every horse to win at least one race, you know, I'd have done my job for each of the owners. I'll, um, I like having a good campaign at Dundalk. 
Dundalk is 20 minutes from our yard. Um, it's fiercely competitive, but I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there. So I will probably go to the July sales again and the October Newmarket sales and I'll pick up a few real all-weather horses. Some even with Irish form, even at Dundalk form, that's even better. And um, I'm going to aim for a real strong campaign there this winter. And and just looking at Dundalk there, it always appears to me from, from the outside, there's a lot of horses don't get in because there's, there's so many horses being entered for, for every single race. Does that, that, does that ever give a problem? Yeah, us, it, the balloting system is um, it's ludicrous. Some weeks, you know, some weeks there's over a hundred entries, especially in Ireland. You know, forty-five to sixty-five horses. It makes up the bulk of the horses, whether we like it or not. I think we should accommodate for these races. I think England, you know, the all-weather racing, they have they could have two two all-weather meetings a day, and we struggle to get one a week. And we're meant to be the home of Irish racing, and you know the third red leaders of the world and we only have one all-weather track there is plans to make another one but I think I really do think that if they put Dundalk on twice a week it would even you know every other week it would really lighten the load it would help owners out you know there's not worse than phoning an owner and saying yeah we've been balloted out again you know and they're just especially for the horses it's not fair in them either trainers can't make certain plans so hopefully hopefully we get a few more meetings at Dundalk this year yeah, it must, it must be very difficult to train a horse to get it to its peak and then and then ultimately can't run because of the of, of the balancing system there. So yeah, hopefully they can uh, find a, a better solution. Yeah. All right. Do you think that maybe building a new track down somewhere like Tipperary or the Curra would see a lot more sort of southern trainers and all that not come to Dundalk anymore? Um, I think it depends. Obviously, if you have a the all weather track on your doorstep, uh, you're going to go to it. But I think it depends if they put the exact same surface as Dundalk. If they put it to see him, Dundalk's left handed. If maybe they're going to put it in as a right handed track. Um, so I think people will still train to the horse, you know, and say he likes it better at Tip. So we're gonna we're gonna travel the three or four hours down to Tipperary for it. Um, I think that's a given anyway. You're going to go where the horse will win. But um, yeah, no, definitely. If look, we don't. No one likes travelling their horses for hours and hours either. It's not fair in staff to have them in the nine o'clock in Tipperary and expect them to come home and get up and ride another five lots next morning. So you take all that into consideration. But listen, if I if Tipperary had another track in the morning, and I had one for Dundalk, one in Tipperary, I'd have no no issues in running them in either. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that way. Whatever, it wouldn't be. Um, the handiest solution would be where the horses would win. Yeah, that's a fair assessment of that, really. And and have they recently, have they not relayed the track at Dundalk as well? Uh, will that, will that, is that a different type of surface, or is it just the same surface as it was before? Yeah, I think it's the same surface. That's Andrew Bowen who does that. Um, it's a lovely surface. I rode in um, around Dundalk and on private gallops, and it is, I think, just the last surface, it was just getting a bit old. Um, so that, I was I was actually passing on dock. I seen it all coming out the other day. Um, hopefully it rides a wee, you know, it needs to be a bit more forgiving. Um, some people are hoping it'll be like subtle. It won't, I wouldn't imagine it'll be anything like that now. And obviously it's not to pet her. So I'd imagine it'll just be similar to the old surface, but a lot safer. And obviously the first six months, it's, it's only going to be bedding in. 
I've horse, a horse here and he absolutely loves Suddle. So I'll be taking advantage of it and entering him as soon as it is, as soon as it's available and try and get it, try and get one's riding slow. Okay, any, anything from you, Dean? Um, yeah, hi, Leanne. Um, Dundalk, as you say, is 20, 20 minutes down the road. Like, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the racing at Dundalk. I think, you know, like yourself, I think it could be on at least one other time in the week. I know maybe finding the prize money or whatever for, you know, maybe it would be an issue or whatever, but I think the racing that it offers is good for the owners that a lot of people forget about maybe in Irish racing. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what's your take on Dundalk overall? Like, you know, would you prefer to head to Dundalk or would you prefer, you know, I don't know, have you sent any over to England at all? Uh, no, I try. I know that there's a few horses here and I could probably talk them over. They, they, you know, it'd be a guaranteed winner. Um, it's it's one of those things you really do at the you know your last resort firstly the owners don't want to pay extra if the horse can run in ireland and also they want to see their horses win yeah. um i think if Dundalk was on you know like to say another on a wednesday even any every other week it would be a huge improvement to irish racing it's not fair on owners to expect them to pay fees and get a run every 12 weeks you know that's just not Especially these horses, Dundalk did not. Dundalk do a fantastic job of catering for owners. You know, it's improved a lot. Um, I think it should be on. You know, at least twice a week if they could, and it would. Um, it would be good for Irish racing as a whole. Yeah, like the the, the facilities at Dundalk, like like you said, they've improved. They they've built the new owners facility, our owners restaurant, and that upstairs. Like you know, they've put the work in, so it would be nice to see now their work being rewarded and, and with a new surface as well. Like they've done what the trainers and, and the people have kind of asked. So it'd be nice to see them getting a little bit back from horse racing in Ireland by maybe having, as you say, maybe not every week, but you know, if it was once every second or third week where there was two meetings in the week, it would be nice just for them to get a, a, another turn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, in, in England, the prize money, it isn't great now. There's, yeah. there's no point saying it is, but, um, you know, for the smaller syndicates, it's only about getting winners. And I'm not saying we should cut the prize money. I think the prize money, if if we can, we should hold it to to the minimum um, of what it is now, and we shouldn't go any lower. But um, no, definitely, we need to get more meetings on. It's our only all weather track, and it's like you say, it's it's doing a great job, and they deserve they deserve a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Like out of your your yard, I know most of them, is most of them your own horses, Leanne, or have you many owners in? Uh, no, thankfully, thankfully, like I, I buy them and uh, I usually get them sold within the first few weeks if they have to have a run or two. And um, they do under my colours. Latchet was bought and she was to be sold. I mean, she was to be sold immediately as soon as she got home. And, um, she's an older horse I mean she's six now and I said um, if she wins a race at Dundalk um, I'll send her to the February sale um, she you know she'd sell well at and then I just I just thought for the sake of another few months she was falling down the handicap game I think she's more than capable 
you know, picking one up on the turf and then maybe one at Dundalk and then I will send her to the February sale and that'll be her. So yeah. it's just, it's different. It depends on, you know, what way things work. Sometimes owners, you know, they see one horse in a sale and they change their mind last minute and that's just, that's just life, isn't it? But no, yeah. majority of them are, um, majority of them have owners. I got a nice French mare from the December mare sale. I picked her up that cheap that if I had to pay 10 grand for I would have had a handier time selling her because she was bought cheap and people said what's wrong with it yeah. do you know that sort of way so um I'm definitely going to run her in my colors by the looks of things and um I wouldn't imagine she'd be far from getting sold either if she gets a bit more Irish form but yeah look we say by you yeah, like I, Irish form has a lot to go by because uh, like we were just talking earlier on to fall McEntee and as he was saying like you know if you finish a good third or fourth you know and and, and a handicap or a, a, or whatever in, in the Curra or Nace or somewhere that them tracks you know you're a pretty good horse and like for them buying horses in from Ireland to England that's what they're looking at like so as you say like the Irish farm has a lot to go by and it's oh, not yeah. all just about the winners it's the the horse that maybe finishes fifth th- third fourth fifth that has the promise that somebody in England or, or, or their likes or Scotland will see see a wee bit of potential and, and maybe off a nice mark will will want to pick it up. Yeah, exactly. And we, we look at English horses the same. We you know, if we see a class seven at Wolverhampton, we're gonna think he might not be competitive in Dundalk because Dundalk horses, although they're running forty five to sixty fives nine times out of ten, they're still um they're still able enough horses. You know, if they're winning around Dundalk they're fiercely competitive. So we need to keep that in mind as well. And I think a lot of value can be got from the claimers in Ireland. I think even if you're not claiming yeah. the, you know, the winner, like you say, the second, third, fourth, you know, you run him again in, you know, two weeks time, all being well, you know, there's a good chance that horse could, you know, he could win, you know, so there's, there's good value. And at least, you know, that the horse is running. You can literally see the horse, see it walk back into the parade ring, you know, be unsaddled and, you know, then you can put your claim in if you like the horse, you know, yeah. and you don't get that sale. Sometimes you have a horse that sales, you know, and it's there with a the winter coat on it and a big fat belly. And you're going to say, well, that's a waste of time because I'm going to take, you know, 12 to 14 weeks to even get it near track. Near track, yeah. They, um, they, what platforms do, do you use? Like, I know I, I was on your website last night having a look around and that, like you have a website and, and you're, social media is like is, is that how like you try and reach out to owners or is it word of word of mouth around like you know have you local owners to are on point or? yeah yeah we do have local owners um and social media it's becoming a big thing i know in the trainers course we were it was for status you know go and get a website go and get a facebook you know be active and the first few times you start posting stuff you kind of you're like, I wonder if anyone's even going to look at this here. And then yeah. you get messages from people. You get uh, word of mouth and people calling up to the yard. And uh, they love seeing it. You know, people, some people obviously not now. They're stuck in an office from nine to five. And you're posting a video of a horse doing a nice piece of work. And they love it. Like, you know, so it's good to, you know, show people the facilities we have. Show the people the horses that we have. And, um, no, it, it does. It generates a bit of business now. And, and for any of our listeners, just for instance, listening in, you know, uh, if they're thinking about syndicates or um, 
you know, joining up clubs or whatever. Have you anything of the likes going or, you know, affordable racing kind of for, for new new opportunities for owners or anything? Or Yeah, look, it's something we're definitely looking into. Um, probably when, you know, when the sales start, we'll probably do, you know, 10% shares of this horse for whatever much. And, you know, the training fees, our training fees are, you know, they're very, very competitive. So a lot of our owners, um, they can afford their horses maybe just with themselves or them and a friend. But it, it works out very cheap for syndicates to get involved. And syndicates, they're, you know, they're a brilliant way forward in Irish racing. I think people should be encouraged to get involved in them more. It provides an affordable way to, you know, be involved. And I worked in Australia and, you know, the, the amount of syndicates and partnerships was incredible and you know it was everyone was involved in racing and hopefully Irish racing does go that their way you know it, it's not going to happen overnight but I should be encouraged definitely for everyone you know to find a syndicate find a racing club and you know enjoy the perks of being an owner yeah that's it like you know the perks of being an owner and even getting on the winner's enclosure in a second spot or whatever you know would be a fantastic thrill but for those lucky enough to pick up the honours enclosure and, and the first prize, like, you know, it it would give people such a great thrill. And I think, as you say, like, you know, if, if horse racing in Ireland kind of maybe encourage syndicates a wee bit more, it might, it might broaden the horizon for, you know, people that would think to themselves, well, I would love that, but uh, I would never be able to afford it or this, that or that. That would be a massive help too, I'm sure, for... Did you see the big, the big trainers like say Aiden and Joseph and that? Like they've got their big cool moors and that. Like you know they they don't have to worry about anything. But for you know your people that's out there trying to make a pound and make a living, it would be nice for horse racing Ireland to, to kind of help them as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think as a trainer, you you're gonna have to try your best to get something that you know. It's, afford- it's an affordable horse, but also a horse that's not going to give them, you know, huge vet bills. And you want it to be able to run often and give them a bit of fun, you know, and like you said, hopefully get into the winner's enclosure. But the last thing you want to be giving those people is grief. You know, you want to make it the most enjoyable experience as possible. You know, maybe he's only winning 45 to 65, but he's still winning for them. He's running every few weeks. And you know he's he's um he's a good sound reliable horse and that's something you want to keep in mind as well. Same with every owner. We don't want to be, you know, oh, I can't run your horse for another three months or whatever. We want to be giving them horses that we can stand over. Yeah, like you know, uh, and m- most of the racing clubs, like some of them, I see like some of them has options where they person investing gets their fair share of the prize money others you know are just a racing club where everything goes back into the club and things but most people are kind of just happy if they they're on a winner and and you know they get their price and you know they, they get a few pound back and they get that thrill of being wind and dined at a race course whether it be dundalk or you know leopardstown or the Curra or galway somewhere like that there like you know that's that's what a, a lot of people i would say are on on the racing clubs for yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, pe- 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 people that would be at the races anyway and think to themselves, "Geez, I, I would love to, you know, I would love to be on the the parade ring pre-race and hear what's going on, and I would love to be, 
you know, mixing with all the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. And there's people that go racing. I have an owner here and he's went racing this last 30 years and, you know, he's only got a horse now, but he says it's always been a, you know, a, a lifetime ambition. And, you know, that's what you want to be giving people, like you say, an owner's badge, come in, get wined and dined and, you know, hopefully the horse runs well. And they love it. You know, obviously we can't do it now, but on a Saturday morning, they come in here, they have a cup of coffee and a, you know, a bun and they watch their horses and they're, you know, it's great for them. It It is. Yeah, that's about all Ryan I have. And you just mentioned there that the owners come to your yard. Do they do that regularly? Yeah. Before lockdown, we would have owners in at least once a week. And, um, you know, they see their horses. You know, we parade them around, watch them ride out. And um, they we just give them, you know, fill them in on what our plans is and, you know, where, where we would like to place this horse and whatnot. And um, most of them, they just love you know being able to bring their you know maybe their wife and their kids up and you know that's you know people are from cities coming up to us and they just think this is amazing it's changed scenery on a Saturday seeing their own racehorse so yeah it's very nice and I know we were toying with the thought of making a racing club but the likes of us that would be starting out what advice would you give us like um I would be I suppose you'd have to get all your figures in order you don't want to get um, eight weeks in and go, oh, I didn't know that was involved or, you know, or, you know, this is how much it costs to run a horse. So, you know, a bit of due diligence, but, you know, any trainer will help you out with those things. You want it to be uh, as transparent as possible. You know, this is what it's going to cost and we're going to break down to it, this. And then the next of it will be, you know, finding the right horse. You don't want to rush into the first horse that comes up. You want to find out that it's a decent horse. It'll give you plenty of fun sound no issues and um, that it's able to pick up a few races in Ireland and I've had owners they're coming to me and say I want a horse that'll win here so and they're very specific because that's <laughs> the local track and that's it do you want it to win here do I like I've had people in and I've said you know this horse lovely form at Leopardstown would you not you know would you think about it no I want to win at Dundalk so then you scrap that and you think okay totally different horse you know and um, yeah that's look it's you need to think of that as well. What's where's where do you want to be standing in the winter's enclosure? You know, do you want to be standing at Dan Patrick on a summer's evening or do you want to be on the dock in a winter's night? So one of those things. Definitely. And Dean, you're gonna jump on there, are you? Oh no, it's just like as it was uh Ryan was saying there, Leanne, like we were tying with the idea last night, like we talked about it I think before, like in something going forward, I think everybody well, me and the other two lads would like to kind of set up and get involved in, and and there was a bit of a response online whenever we we looked at it. Like so, as you say, I was involved in one last year. Like so, it definitely it was an eye opener. The costs and things that mm-hmm. that some you wouldn't maybe expect with uh, horse racing or whatever, but it would be nice to to get something set up. So it would definitely. Yeah, that's good. Ryan can Ryan can be the man there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, would you advise maybe buying something at a claiming race rather than sales? Or um, I suppose it depends on your budget and um, 
what you're looking for. I mean, if you, you know, some owners and they won't buy a horse under a certain rating. If you know, if you want an 80 rated horse, you're not going to start looking into claimers. You know, you're going to probably be looking. You know, probably going to be looking at tails for that horse. But as well as that, you need to remember that the price that is given on a claimer, that's the price. Do you know what I mean? There's no value. Yeah. You're not going to get stung with transport fees and all, you know, from England. And um, I I like that there because I can say, I like this horse. He's 15,000, he's 10,000, 5,000, wherever he is. And it, that's what he is. Do you know? And I like that yeah. there. I can see him running. And if he doesn't run great, you know, I usually don't claim him. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I give it to that there. And as well as that, he's running in Ireland, that horse. You know, and you can, you know, I have a lot of contacts with jockeys and other trainers. I can usually phone them up and they'll, you know, they'll give me a lowdown on the horse, whether they think he's, you know, going to do our job or, you know, maybe give him a miss. And that's a big help as well, as well as the Irish form. Would you have, um, would, would you use money jockeys, Leanne, or would, would anybody come up and, and ride out for you? Uh, we've had a few jockeys. We do, um, we do our... A lot of work mornings at Dundalk, you know, when it was available during the winter. Yeah. Um, Oshinor, he was coming up. Gavin Ryan's rode for us in Ronan Whelan. They'd already a bit of work around Dundalk. Um, obviously, this year, it's going to be, we'll be using the best available. That's just one of the things. Yeah. Some of the best jockeys in Ireland, you know, you could phone Oshin and Dermot Weld has something in the race. And, you know, he works for Dermot Weld. And that's, yeah. he's gone. But, you know, that's it. We're, I'd be awfully friendly with Oshin. Um, a good Donegal yeah, man you see, I, I, I like that I like that <laughs> so no look they've all um, you know obviously there's, they've been with big trainers for years ahead of us now um, it's going to be the best available and I think in Ireland we're very very lucky you know there's rarely a jockey you go he's useless you know what I mean they're all yeah. they're all very talented set lads even the apprentices coming up some of them I mean, Gavin Ryan for five pound um, is great value, you know. And there's fellas coming up behind him, and you know, they're, yeah, they they really make the difference. But like I say, it's best available this year. I think Gavin Ryan's a steal of uh, you know stealing five pounds there, like you know, for for the rider he is. He's, you know, I, I I can see why so many trainers used him last year for his claim. Like he's he's a phenomenal rider, and it's no no wonder Donica picked him up. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, so, he's very good, and um, uh, you know he's very honest, which is a huge thing. You know, you don't want to waste time on the horses and whatnot. You want to, you know, if it's good, it's good. If it's not, you know, maybe we'll move her on or whatever. He won on Latchet, and the reason we it was actually funny. Um, I was I had a bit of work going at Dundalk, and um, one of the jockeys couldn't make it, and Roman came out. Gavin will. Gavin will ride that filly for you. And, um, you know, we got on well. And obviously, he had won on Latchet before. So that's. Yeah, that, for gentlemen. That came about. Yeah. So yeah. good to use them if they know the horse as well. She's straightforward enough. But for someone that's won on her with five pounds, you know, it was a no brainer to get him to ride her again. Yeah. Oshin's a good horseman as well. Like, and, you know, it's no, uh, no uh, surprise to see him riding out his claim now. Or last season there, and, and like he could have a big future now, with especially with him being, you know, working for Mister Weld. Like it's, it's a great opportunity for him. 
yeah, he's he's very good technically technically on a horse. Like he can, you know, he he can judge things very well. Some apprentices, you know, maybe they're just lack, lacking in mileage, but um, he rode out his claim well. He was obviously champion apprentice twice, and um, he's very good on a horse as well. And you know, keeps things straightforward. So he's very useful. You were talking about jockeys there, and um, have you ever like played with the fact that you could go on maybe and do jockeys when you were younger, be a jockey when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, in England, and that's probably the best place I would have started out. But I mean, I only would have been riding to go training eventually. Do you know that sort of way? And it yeah. became apparent that you're probably better, you know, in England it's fiercely competitive and you're probably better staying and maybe being a barn manager in a group one yard than running the roads in England and, you know, maybe missing half the horses that are in the yards and how they're being trained individually. And that was a big thing. So, no, I made that decision, you know, probably when I was about 18 that I'm going to, I'm going to train. That's the end game. And, um, from then on, I, I actually used to go around in these yards and I'd keep a journal and it would be, you know, such and such does this if a horse does this. And, you know, you come home with, I came home with six journals back to back written with notes. And when you start training, you know, <laughs> they're not, they're, they're, you know, they're okay, but you learn more by doing. You train your own horses, you have your own facilities, your own owners, and, you know, you, you find things out a lot you know, a lot quicker with your own horses. But thankfully, we've, you know, our horses are running well. We had six runners last year, two thirds, two seconds and a, and a winner. So, you know, I think, I think um, the training, it's, it's taken off. I think with a bit more ammunition, you know, I think we can be, you know, very competitive in the Irish, you know, trainer ranks. Yeah, and it's all going to kick off with Dundalk really, isn't it? Yeah. I think Dundalk is a good starting platform. Obviously, in years to come, you you know, you'll not be aiming horses just purely at Dundalk. You'd like to be saying, well, there's a good race for him, you know, in May and June on, at Kerr in Leopardstown. That's that's where, the, you know, your ambition is as, as a trainer. But I definitely think for the first few years, you know, you want to have good, strong all-weather seasons. It's the only racing on, flat racing on. Everyone's eyes is on Dundalk. Friday night, everyone's watching it. Everyone's following your horses, so it's good to get your name out there as well. Sometimes you can get lost in the full season, so mm. that's another reason for it. And um, when can we expect to see a uh, train on a few jump horses? When can we see them? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's um, we have. I like the plant, obviously, in dual purpose. Mm. Uh, we have jump horses coming in. It's more of a thing. A lot of our owners, the local owners, they have jump horses. And um, so you train them. And I wouldn't imagine, like, I wouldn't be someone who'd, my lifetime ambition a trainer would be a Cheltenham winner. You know, it would rather be probably a Guineas winner or Epsom Derby winner. But um, no, we're luck, we're definitely dual purpose. And um, I'll probably run, oh, there's two horses there that I could probably do with summer jumps. I don't, summer jumps isn't proper jumps racing, obviously, but yeah. if, if they want to ground and they're going to, they're going to stay the trip, then, you know, why not pick up a, you know, why not pick up a few races? Yeah, get as many wins under the belt as possible, anyway. 
Yeah, that's it. They're, they're they're straightforward enough to train the jump horses. You know, flat horses. They're they're you know you blink and the race is done and yeah. they get a bump and they're you know there's some horses they miss the break or they get a bump and it's you know load them up and go home and jump racing if you have something that jumps fluidly enough and you know everything goes right you know and this they're fit and they stay you know they can pick up you know low grade races so they'll do that and um let's say five years down the line where would you possibly see yourself five years um five years i'd definitely like to have probably well i'd say i could say a hundred horses but i'm gonna see how it goes but 90 percent of the trainers i've worked for are a hundred or more and i think in irish racing that's a bit optimistic usually some of the best trainers only have 60 horses because irish racing it's it's more quality over quantity you know so you'd have to see where that balance comes in but i'd like a you know a good number of horses and you know quality horses if you could get a you know a nice black type horse every every year you'd i'd be delighted with that yeah i'm glad you said that for your answer and not getting older <laughs> no um yeah well that were, that's it for me anyway dean martin anything else for you? no nothing for me no, the what the um, Rianne, do you still have that horse, um, Walter Sigurd? Is it Walter Sigurd? No, we don't. He, um, he's he was a very fragile horse. He obviously came from Aidan O'Brien's, uh, ran once for him, and then he ran a few times for George Baker. Um, he was bought cheaply from the Ascot sales, and he was always very fragile. He didn't train on, but he was a he was a horse that we took a punt on because of his breeding. You know, he's related to southern France and we said if this horse comes anyway sound, he'll be you know, he'll be very competitive. He ran once for the yard at Leopardstown, being fourth. And um, he just he just always had a lot of niggles and it, it just probably wasn't right to keep training with him. So he's retired now. Next time you see that horse will probably be out in a hunting field <laughs> if everything goes well for him. Well that wraps things up for the podcast charity Martin for the Irish Council Society. If you do want to donate, it's the link will be in the description below. And Leanne, thank you very, very much for coming on. It's been a privilege. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Leanne. Yeah, thanks, Leanne. <laughs>